Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that He created us in His own image and sacrificed His only begotten sinless Son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to Him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Philippians 2, 4 says, let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interests of others. We, we cannot be self-centered or me-centered. We have to be other-centered. Satan loves to prompt believers to promote themselves. I say it again. Satan loves to prompt believers all in the church at large, the church universal, all over the world to promote themselves, to tear down the church, to structure the mission of the church. Just get a a lot of self-promoters in the church and you you will wreak havoc in the church. Believers who promote themselves and their personal agenda. Believers who seek power and influence. Believers who gossip and backbite against other saints at home, around the dinner table, in the bedroom, which keeps the church from functioning in the unity of the spirit. Don't forget that whenever you backbite and devour and gossip and talk about your pastor or wife or elders or deacons or coordinators or the choir or soloists or children, you talk about anything, the Lord is listening and the Lord will chasten you. Some of y'all think God is deaf. He's not deaf. We need to repent for things we say in homes, in cars, when nobody else is around. God is listening. God is listening. God is listening. What keeps the church unified and in a spirit of oneness? See, resisting the spirit of pride within believers will maintain unity and oneness in the Lord's church. Resisting the spirit of pride within believers will maintain unity and oneness in the Lord's church. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 5 says, Everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. The Lord hates a spirit of pride. It is an abomination to God. Be assured, he says, he will not or she will not go unpunished. God will chasten those who are haughty, arrogant, puffed up, and you can't tell them nothing. Can't tell them nothing. They don't want to hear uh, instruction. They're, they're bold in their arrogance. They hurt folk, run over folk. Just wreak havoc in the Lord's church through an arrogant spirit. God hates pride. He hates every form of pride because it is so destructive in the church. And all sin can be traced back to pride. If you look at sin close enough, you meditate. If you look back far enough, you can see where Pride uh, was in any particular sin. Uh, What is the purpose of the church? D, believers cannot function in the unity of the church if they do not allow the Lord to tame the tongue. If you're going to maintain that unity. The purpose is to maintain unity. They were, the first church was unified. That inaugural church was on one accord. This is how you promote and preserve unity in the church. Believers cannot function in the unity of the spirit if they do not allow the Lord to tame their tongue. This is a big one. If they do not allow the Lord. Oh, the tongue can tear down the unity of the spirit in the Lord's church. That book of James is a powerful little book. 
Sometimes you need to just dust a duff off, dust off it and just get read it. And I bless you to the one you will fall under conviction. You cannot read the book of James and not fall under conviction. The book of James chapter three, verse six and verses eight through 10, it says, and the tongue is a fire. What does fire do? If, uh, it's, if it's out of control, it'll burn everything up in its past. It's a fire, a world of iniquity. It sins all over the place. Uncontrollable sin. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. That little tongue in your mouth can wreak havoc over the whole body, mess up everybody else's life. Other people are in a lifetime recovery because of that little tongue in our mouths. Defiles the whole body. Your family, your children, your grandchildren, the co-workers, uh, your neighbors. And sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. Ooh, James. Set on fire by hell. And much of what come out of even believers' mouths, if they think about it and analyze it, is hellish. It's hellish. But, but underline this. This is powerful. But no man or no woman can tame the tongue. Oh, I can tame. No, you can't. Oh, you can't, 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 can't. No, no child, no man. I don't care what kind of degree you have. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how, it doesn't matter how smart you are, how spiritual you are, all of these things. No one can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil. Unruly you can hear it all out of the streets and the protests and all these things. Stuff that's being said. Every every word is just bleep, 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 bleep. It's so much bleeping you can't understand what they're saying. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. You poison everything around you. You kill everybody. Kill. You come in the house of God or in a, in a meeting or, or in a choir or wherever you go, and you just kill the spirit. When folks see you coming, it's bad news coming because you have nothing good to say. If it's negative, you're going to find it. Not only when you find it, you're going to talk about it. Oh, my God, help me with this message. Why don't y'all say amen? It is unruly evil, full of poison. Poison. It'll kill you. With the tongue, with it we bless our Lord. And Father, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord, God is good. Oh, God, and pray marvelous prayers and in the church. And you set up and you get your great worship leader, give good prayers. Uh, you, you, you do all of these things and you minister with your words and people think so highly of you. Oh, when I around brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so, they encourage my heart. I feel so uplifted. I feel so encouraged. I feel so blessed. And with it, we, you turn around and go home and curse men. What happened between the church house and your house? <laughs> Who have been made in the likeness, the similitude, your translation may say, likeness of God. You're talking about people who are made in the image of God, the likeness of God. You're talking about your brother in Christ, your sister in Christ. If it, my mama taught me, son, if you can't say nothing good, shut up. 
The best thing you can pray sometimes is, Lord, help me to keep my mouth shut. Out of the, underline this, out of the same mouth. <laughs> out of the same mouth, you blessed with, praise the Lord. Oh, <laughs> Same mouth proceeds blessings and cursings. Two-faced. Two. Talking about both sides of your mouth. I love you. And you go home and stab him in the back. Look how quiet it got in here now. You're not quiet because those masks are on. You're quiet because the truth is being preached. <laughs> Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. He says, my brethren. In other words, he says, my brethren. You know what he's saying? We are brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. We are Christians. We're saints. These things ought not be so. In other words, what in the world are you doing? You say you're spiritual, but you're acting like a baby. My friend, if you're not walking under the control of the Holy Spirit, your tongue will do great damage to others. Did you get that? If you are not walking under the control of the Holy Spirit, your tongue will do great damage to others. It'll split up families, tap the job, tap the church. it even tear you up. Without the whole, listen to this, without the Holy Spirit's help, it is impossible to tame the tongue. Without the Holy Spirit's help, it is absolutely impossible to tame the tongue. Therefore, before you speak, ask yourself the following questions before you even open your mouth. Oh, before I open my mouth, here's the criteria I should follow before I even open my mouth. You need to write the criteria down. It'll make you more of a blessing than a curse. Therefore, before you speak, ask yourself the following questions before you even open your mouth up to your husband. Before you open your mouth up to your wife. Before you open your mouth up to your child or your grandchild. Some children have been wiped out and they're still in, re- in recovery even in their adulthood because of what uh, parents have said. You'd be no good. You never add up to nothing. You, you dummy. You stupid. This, listen, these are words that Kill, cipher the spirit out of people. Ask yourself the following questions. Is what I am about to say edifying to others? The word edifying. Is it going to build up? Is it going to build up? Will my words be destructive? Is it going to bring harm? Is it going to make me cry? Your words send me into, is, is, are your words going to send me into depression, reeling into depression? Your, your words wipes out all my motivation. It's so destructive. No encouragement. No, hey, we're going to get through this. We're going to be all right. I love you. Keep doing a good job. I'm praying for you. 
I, I'm, I got your back. You're, you're special. I'm so glad God put you in my life. I don't know what to do. You are a blessing to the church. You're a blessing to the family. Ble- it's so much better. It's so much more heavenly. Will my words be destructive? Will my words be unifying or divisive? When you speak, will your words unify people, unify people in meetings, unify people on your job, unify people uh, on the streets uh, in Mr. Confusion? You step in and you are a peacemaker and not a peace breaker. Your words are unifying, unified, bring calmness and stability and unity. Are, are your words divisive? Will my, here's another one, will my words bring glory to Christ or are my words energized by Satan himself? Who's speaking through me? Is it God or is it Satan? Are my words energized by God or is what I'm about to say energized by the enemy, Satan? Satan can speak through the best of people and the worst of people. Worst of people. That's why I'm so careful when I'm up here. Every time I stand before people, whether it's in prayer meeting, whether it's in a meeting, a private meeting, whether it's in a conference, or whether I'm standing somewhere in another part of the world preaching and teaching in various countries, or wherever I've been many of them. I'm so cautious and so careful about what I say because I, God has taught me along the way that what I say, I can't get it back. You Once it's gone, you can't get it back. You say, I didn't mean that I slipped. No, you said just what was in your heart. You didn't slip. It was in you. What was in your heart came out. It came out of your mouth because it was in you. You did not slip. Are your words energized by God or Satan? Beloved, this is why it is so important that you be swift to hear and slow to to speak. Don't be so quick to run off at the mouth. Before people can get through talking, you already talking. You talking while they talking. Are you thinking about what you're going to say when they stop talking? Because you got to be heard. You that important. You got to get a word in. James chapter 1 verses 19 through 20 says, So then my beloved brethren, beloved brother, look how tender James is. Let every man, woman, boy, child, all of us, be swift to hear. That'll put out a lot of fire there. We just good, be good hearers. Swift to hear, slow to speak. If, if you're going to be the last to speak, and then when you speak, speak words that's going to bless, that's going to give insight, that's going to give wisdom, that's going to refresh, that, that when people hear your words, they know without a doubt God is speaking through you. Slow to speak, slow to wrath. Don't be too quick to get angry. Anger leads to rage. Verse 20, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. We see that around the country. 
When you're full of rage and wrath, you'll burn down buildings, you'll kill folk, you'll do all kinds of stuff. You'll hurt folk, you'll injure, and could care less, won't even, re- won't even render aid. You hate them so much. This is how we preserve the unity of the spirit in the family of God, the church of God, our own personal family. God can use you and your family as a reconciler. As a reconciler. You say, you don't know my family. They're hootlums. It's some everything in my family. Now stop acting like your, all, your whole family is heavenly. This is just two of y'all and y'all just uniquely <laughs> peacemakers or something, you know. See, but not the two of us and y'all just right on the same page. I, okay, we'll give you a pass. But if your family is as big as my family, <laughs> oh, big as my family. I'm talking about my family and my father's family, and mama's family. My daddy had uh, his siblings, 10 boys, six girls, 16. And all, I can just go all day just talking about the size, the sheer size of my family. It's some everything in my family. They sinners. Some safe folk there, I'm glad. But a lot of them are sinners. And that's why God put me there. That's why I go to family reunions. That's why I go to high school reunions. Some of y'all don't want to go. But I want to go. So I can go back and testify how good God is. Do I have a witness here? You, you need to go back from whence you've come. Now, don't, don't, now, when you go back there, don't try to live there. That's not going to always work. It's not the same. You know, oh, if I can just get back home. Oh, I get back. Oh, the home was a good old day. You go back there, you're going to find out it was, it's worse now than it was when you were there. It is not the same. It's not the same. You do, but you, you are there. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. You need to underline that. Jesus prayed that the church would be one as he and the father are one. Because he knew the tremendous impact the church would have as a unified front to advance the great commission on earth. It is also essential that the church set the standard. The church ought to set the standard, a high standard. I, I was told uh, by a deacon, not in this church. So I said, oh, what kind of deacon ministry y'all have here? No, not at this church. It's previous church, long you know, decades ago. So don't be looking at the deacons around here. It's not them. Okay, let me qualify that. Y'all be saying, who is it? It'd be like Judas. Is it us? <laughs> is it one? Who is it? <laughs> And I was told one time, you know what your problem is, Pastor Draper? I said, what? what is your standards are too high. I said, what? I said, your standards are too high. <laughs> I never, you know, I don't get that folk rob me up and all that. I just ask a question with a question. And I said, oh, I got a question for you, sir. He said, what's that? How can the church be a better church and glorify God and for God to take the church to the next level with low standards. My God is a high and holy God. He's a high and holy God. And, and the problem is with Christians today, you don't see changes in the church. is because the truth be told, the standards of Christians are far too low. Far too low. 
It is essential that the church set the standard as to what it means to possess selfless, Christ-like love which seeks the highest good of others. If genuine love is not on display in the Lord's church, then where can people find it? If they can't see love manifested here, then where else are they going to find it? Some folks see hell in the church, they leave the church and never go back because we are the problem. The early church had all the necessary qualities of genuine fellowship. The church today must possess the same attributes. When we model the pattern that Christ established for the early church, this causes the Holy Spirit to freely move in the Lord's church. When we stay with the biblical paradigm of the early church, the Maranatha will be empowered by God. When we stay with the standard, when we stay with the doctrine, when we uh, pattern ourselves after the early church that the Lord established, the work of the ministry will go on to the glory of God. When we operate in genuine fellowship, genuine koinonia, you know what it does? It attracts the presence of God in the midst of his people. It attracts the presence of God. uh, God God will inhabit the praise of his people when we uh, govern the church by the word of the living God. It attracts the presence of God. You can sense God in the atmosphere. You can sense God in the choir, God in the ministries, God in the media, God in the ushers, God in the greeters, God in the deacons, God God in the nursery workers, God in the bookstore. You walk, people walk it's something happening here. They, they sense the presence of God in this place. When we operate in genuine fellowship, it attracts the presence of God amidst his people, which results in many souls being saved. When we stick to the word of God and carry out the mandate as described in Acts chapter 2, then folk get saved, folk get converted, folk get revived, folk grow up. Folk get healed, reconciled to others. Beloved, do not expect the Lord to empower. Do not expect the Lord to bless. Do not expect the Lord to send a harvest of souls to the church while not adhering to biblical principles as laid out in the Holy Bible. Don't expect God to move. Don't expect him to add. We will have less baptism. The church won't grow. It'll be stagnant. It'll regress. When we leave the foundational premises of this book, stay with, we must stay with the book. Stay with the book. In it is life, hope, direction, peace, foundational truths that we would press on the upward way. New heights we're gaining every day. I'm praying as I onward bound, Lord, plant my feet. On higher ground. Do I have a witness? Do I have a witness here? How many want to go on for Christ? How many want to be unified for Christ? How many want to be a peacemaker? How many want to be a reconciler? How many want to have high standards to the glory of God? God is counting on his church in the midst of all this hell in the country, confusion in this country, misdirection in this country, opioids in this country and all the stuff. It's time for the church to rise, shine, and give God the glory. And all God's children said, hey, blessed be the name of the Lord. And Father, we thank you for the message. I get so excited talking about the church. 
I'm just amazed that you would use me to pastor it. When I consider my ways, my, the historicity of my past, my own sins of thoughts, deeds, actions that grieve your heart, only you, by your grace, as I turn and confess my own sins, can take me from Houston to San Antonio and use me through the preaching and teaching of your word along with my wife by my side as an instrument in your hand to co-labor with you as you build your church. I'm humbled by the profound privilege. Because I know one of these old days I'm going to preach my last sermon. I can't pastor this church forever. And Father, in case somebody looking at me kind of sadly, whatever they're doing here, they're not going to do it forever either. We all have a short tenure of time to do your work. And may we do it to the glory of God with all our hearts, mind, soul, and strength. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, amen. You here today and know not the Lord Jesus Christ. We welcome you to him. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's the only way you can get into church. You've got to come to Christ on his terms. You've got to let go yourself. You have to surrender to Christ and say, God, I've made enough mess of my life. I've tried it my way. I'm struggling now. Why don't you try Jesus' way? The word of God works. Your presence today is no accident. God knew before the foundation of the world you'd be here to hear this message. By radio, television, internet, social media. God wanted you to hear this message today to challenge your heart. God wants to save you. He wants to mature you. He wants to do a new thing with you, through you, and to you. But the question is, will you let him? Bible says, the day you hear my voice, heart not your heart. The Lord is calling. You come. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.